Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 11th annual P's and Q's podcast. Back after a little bit of a break for the bye week, rested up, got ourselves ready for this week. How you feeling, buddy? Oh, yes, sir. You know what is going on, Marco for Owens, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, yes, as brother said, we rested up a little during about a week, although, as you know, the grind never stops. So if you guys had the opportunity to tune in, then you would know that we tuned when mm-hmm. me and Parth and our brother Pierre had the chance to cook something up for you guys. It was definitely a, a beautiful sight. I had a fun time chatting with you guys, mm-hmm. man. Talked some real good stuff during the back. Shout out Chip Kelly. Real, real sicko stuff. So if you think you're if you think you're a sicko, make sure you tune in. Two hours talking football, and we go we go yeah like like he said we go all the way back to Chip Kelly. We oh man we we went deep therapy session maybe you could call it. It was a good time. Yeah, that's what you can call it. Right. It was a it was a great time. Uh, make sure you tune into that. Um, actually, a little bit of a preview for everybody. We're gonna be moving all of our podcasts. Um, our podcast, the new Norm Pod, uh, and uh, and the the Philly Blitz Roundtables, and we're going to be moving them into one kind of conglomerate. We're going to have um, you know one page, the Philly Blitz, and all of our podcasts will come up in there. So not only will you get our amazing content, you're going to get the amazing content of uh, of of our uh, friends over at the, the Philly Blitz. So uh, definitely keep an eye out for that, and uh, and and be excited for it. It'll be worth it. Definitely be worth it. Definitely be worth it. But so, as you guys know, we ain't have a chance to speak to you ourselves in terms mm-hmm. of birds, jets. So I right. guess we could touch on that a little bit. Minshew mania, as the world would like to call it. The uh, mustache. Yes, sir. You saw the guys in the crowd, man. You said yeah, they no, come no, to no, every no. game, too. I'm like, that's real support. Even his he dad, had, too. Uh, yeah, dude, they 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 are known. They they wore somebody else's jersey. I'm totally forgetting now. We talked about it in the post game, and then he said like when Gardner came, like worked too well with the with the mustache and everything like that. So then they had to get the uh, the Minshew jersey too. So I mean that was pretty awesome. And I mean I think my favorite part of like the whole weekend was seeing him with his dad. Like that was awesome. Bro. Yeah, like, man, he was that was awesome. So that, I was like, yeah, that's gonna be me and my son. He's gonna come in, and give me a hug after his after his NFL games. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they just it looked amazing, man. That was that was great. That was a that was a great moment, and uh, it was it was awesome that you know they were able to have an experience because it was his first win as a as a starter since week one of last year. That's not easy. Long time coming, definitely, man. It's a long time coming, but mm-hmm. I mean, he 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 deserved it, man. Yeah, Those he two, did. He came in and executed the offense to perfection. You might say, got the ball out quickly. I mean, I wouldn't say he took many shots down the field. The only one that comes to mm-hmm. my mind is that the shot to Dallas Goddard. The Dallas, touchdown. Both of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
but even but, even there, I think I'm sorry uh, to interrupt, but like you know, I think those are just the classic Minshew thing, right? You know, he's running through the progression of the offense, perfect, seeing off the safeties with his eyes, total Mike Leach offense, everything like that, and then. Mm-hmm. He throws the ball, it's just a little bit short. You know, he gets it there, but it's just a little bit short. Dallas slows down to get it. Uh, you know, all that. That's I think that's that's what you get with Minshew. You get a guy who's running your offense. You get you get the like we talked about it, the Trevor Simeon type. You know, he's gonna run the offense if everything's going well around him, but he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. He needs his timing to be right to make throws. And he and, and to his credit, it worked out. But I just want to make this clear right off the start. We got love for Minshew, but this is a Jalen Hurts podcast. Yes, okay, sir. he is he is QB one, and uh, and and I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, Gardner Minshew is one hell of a backup, and we paid. Where I mean, we got back we got back a better pick, right? Or we got back a pick that we traded for Minshew with the basically the same pick. It was basically yeah. Flacco for Minshew. Exactly. Like, I mean, great, great pickup. He can be a backup for, for a while. And I think he has one more year on his deal. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and it's, a, and it's a good guy to have in the locker room. Like I said, Jalen's a QB1, but there is a lot he can learn, you know, from somebody else running the offense and doing such a good job with it. So why don't you just go into a little bit of what you, what you noticed and, and, and what Minshew was doing well last week? Well, a little bit of what I noticed about Gardner Minshew, I said Gardner Minshew, quick through the progressions. You, you look like he'd been in the offense for five, ten years, the way he, he operated it. And, I mean, that's not a knock against Jalen Hurts. I mean, different quarterbacks, different skill sets. He operated a different offense. As the run, I mean, as the team said, it wasn't as many zone reads and RPOs in the offense because – that's not what Garner Minshew masters at. That's that's Jalen Hurts type of thing. So I mean, kudos mm-hmm. to Nick Sirianni for having a hell of a game plan, switching the offense up. Mm-hmm. As I said before the game, this game was more so an indictment on the coaching staff than it would be for Jalen Hurts because from what Jalen Hurts has shown over the last month, I wouldn't say he's solidified his spot as a starting franchise quarterback. At the same time, yeah. he's definitely giving you a reason to give it a share full of thought. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't want us to be in a position where one bad game, because obviously the game against the Giants wasn't his greatest. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want us to be in a position where one bad game kind of like turns us off for him and now is Minshew. I mean, yeah, you guys made the argument during the entire offseason that we were we made a bad decision to move on from Carson Wentz, whether you liked it or not because he had one bad season. And I mean, mm-hmm. who are you to make the same the, the same decision, basically, for Jalen Hurts after one bad game? After one shown, game, yeah. Exactly. exactly. After he's shown it, daily progression. It was, it was just the timing of it, man. Like, that was so tough. Like, if, if he had gotten injured in the Saints game, right, and, and that was, like, the last game that was on people's minds, the whole narrative would – I mean – but even then, I will say, like, yeah, it was there a little bit, you know, the who's QB1 narrative, but it was mostly WIP and WIP listeners like that were really pushing that, you know? Like, I think there's definitely been some question about it, but maybe, I don't know if it's to our credit because it's a pretty ridiculous conversation to have in the first place, but it hasn't gotten to the level of 
Foles and Wentz. And obviously there was a Super Bowl involved in that one and that changes things up. But like, I think people are understanding a little bit that like, especially as the week went on that, you know, Hertz still has, you know, some to give, but I think their leash for Hertz got just that much smaller, you know, like at least for, you know, the the fans, right? Like if Hertz messes up now, you know, and he has a game like the Giants game, there's not going to be, you know, the grace of the, the, the amazing quote unquote grace that uh, we show here in Philadelphia. You know, it's not going to be like, oh, take your time, Jalen, figure it out. It's going to be like, all right, get Jalen out and put Gardner in. Whether that's, you know, for the better or not, I have a feeling that's going to be, you know, where we're kind of headed now. Um, now that, you know, Gardner worked through the offense, you know, showed everything, you know, did things well that, you know, a lot of people have wanted all year, um, you know, get, getting the ball to Dallas and those types of things. But like you said, I think a lot of that is game planning and, um, you know, Gardner executing the game plan, but Jalen can execute a game plan as well. Um, but I think it's important for people to start making that distinction between, you know, that there was really good play calling and that, oh, maybe, you know, if Jalen had played the same team and had the same play calls, he could have done the same thing. Exactly. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I feel like had Jalen had the chance to play against the Jets as well, I'm not going to say he would have went out there and went 20 for 25 like Vince you did, but I'm like to think he did his, he would have done his fair share of damage and would have been just as responsible for a victory as Minshew was. Now, granted, mm-hmm. as you went into, <laughs> I can see why, because, I mean, when you look early into the season, and I, like I just said, Minshew threw 25 passes last game. Clearly, the running game was working once again. But when you look back early into the season, you see games that Jalen was throwing the ball uh, out of the time, to put it like that. And mm-hmm. how basically the offense was, eh, to put it lightly. And, I mean, we we was basically begging the team to run the football. Now, granted, as I just said, the running game worked very well against the Jets. So, maybe you can make the argument that Minshew had the blessing of the running game on his side early in his tenure than before, than before Hurts did. But mm-hmm. it's just something about seeing – like, as I say all the time, the time where – and we were seeing, starting to see that before the injury and all, but the moment where Hurts and Sirianni get on the same page in terms of quarterback and play caller, it'll be a dangerous thing because that'll unlock a whole lot more to this offense. And what mm-hmm. Minshew showed you is the side of the offense that will be unlocked now. Granted, it put back to bed the part of the offense that we've came to see for over the course of the season in terms of having the quarterback involved in the run game and mm-hmm. all that, all the stuff that make us what we, what we got to this point. But in terms of getting the ball out early, on time and early, knowing where the ball should be against what Reeves Miss you did a hell of a job this week on that. Now, if you want to get into the, uh, the discussion of Minshew versus Hurts, as I've said before, clearly we know what Minshew is or what Minshew will be. At this point, it just seems like a discussion between you much rather see your team throw the ball than run the ball. Because how it looks in my eyes, your team is coming away with a victory. I mean, what's the problem? Of course, we used to get into debates of which quarterback is better and 
where does this quarterback rank at in terms of the competition? I get you, but different skill set, different players, like I said before, it makes it really hard to begin comparing quarterbacks and their importance to their team. Because mm-hmm. you can make the same argument that would the Eagles be number one in rushing without the presence of Jalen Hurts? Look at how all season they say having Jalen Hurts back there has made the rushing game easy because you have to account for him as a runner himself. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a two-sided coin kind of thing. How about yourself? Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I think it's I think it's fully, you know, both sides of the coin. And like you said, as Jalen continues to evolve as – you know, our offense continues to evolve as they continue to work with each other. I think, you know, the sky's the limit. And, and, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, and I just want to touch on it again. Like, Jalen, seeing somebody run the offense should, like, <clears throat> that should be amazing for him. You know, you get to see somebody. And Gardner's good about checks. He's good about seeing off safeties. He's, that's what he's good at. And he did that. And that's stuff that Jalen can learn. And that's things that Jalen can improve with. And <clears throat> Jalen Hurts is the you know, learn from every situation, right? Um, and uh, 1% better every day and those types of things. I, I just, I hope that, you know, he was able to have those, you know, come true. I'm not sure exactly how you would say that, but, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping he was able to utilize those, um, those, those principles that he has the last couple of weeks, you know, watching that film and, and going through that and, uh, and seeing what he can learn out of that. Because yeah, uh, Gardner, made the offense look really good. There's no question about it. And we definitely were throwing that ball um, as uh, as much as we kind of wanted to at the beginning of the season. That being said, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about not throwing to the middle of the field. I don't know if that's also because, you know, Gardner arguably has a, you know, weaker arm than Jalen. I don't even know if arguably he has a weaker arm than Jalen. Um, but maybe it's also just the plan of the offense. I kind of wanted to ask you about that. You know, like if just... you saw – the passing chart, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It looks the same as the Atlanta game. Exactly. And I was literally just about to touch on it. I mean, eventually you have to start having the conversation with yourself. Like you said, is that the offense or is that the player? Because, I mean, for a while mm-hmm. it made it seem like Jalen Hurst just didn't want to talk in the middle of the field. But once again, we go on to concepts in the grass. Nick Sirianni and the Philadelphia offense wants to be. It's a bunch of yards after catch just a bunch of screens and short passes to get your players in space and let your athletes do the work. So if that's the case for mm-hmm. what you got going on, then you wouldn't be targeted in the middle of the field. Not saying that you can't let your athletes do the work in the middle of the field, but throwing towards the middle of the field is more so trying to throw your players open. The, okay, quarterback, receiver got to be on the same page kind of thing versus – I mean, how these passing charts are set up, it's literally just hurry up, look here, look there. One of them should be open. If not, then continue to go through your progressions and make the best decision. But they try to put you in a position where it's not too hard for you, basically. They want your athletes to do the bulk of the work. So, I mean, it kind of will make you want to sit back and reevaluate how you view Jalen Hurts. Maybe not in terms as a passer, because, I mean, like I said, Minshew threw the ball 25 times, and how often does Hurts throw the ball 25 times? Minshew had 240 yards, and Hurts hasn't went over 200 yards in a couple games now. So, I mean, yeah, you could look towards it in that measure, but 
you could also make mm-hmm. the argument that Minshew doesn't well Minshew understands that he's not the athlete that hurts him. So there are times where, yeah. first of all, as we said in the first place, it's gonna be different play calling for different players. So Minshew's not getting GT counter call for him like Hurts would. And that's okay. You use your players to your strengths, which is exactly what Nick Sirianni talked about all offseason. So, I mean, just more so, as you said, getting Hurts comfortable in the offense, which should have been the, the entire goal all, all, all season in general. But you would think having Having a chance, have him having a chance to watch somebody else operate the offense helps from a quarterback perspective. You see the things that you don't see while you're playing, basically. Yeah, I agree, man. Like, uh, <clears throat> I guess we'll just continue to see, right? Now that we're going back to to Jalen, we're going to see exactly, you know, what we're looking for or, you know, I don't even know. Like, like like, like, like we've kind of talked about in the past, we don't really know exactly what Sirianni's thing is, and we don't know if Sirianni has a thing exactly. Maybe he has some tendencies. Maybe he likes to air the ball out a little bit. But we've also seen that he's more than willing to dedicate himself to the run game, right? Like, we've seen you know, him run the ball more than we have in the last, like, three years combined, right? <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. So, I, I mean, that's, that's personally what I really appreciate about Sirianni, that he just uh, – that he really has – adopted you know the thought process of actually building around your team like you've kind of mentioned like you know it's it's around the strengths that are out there and it's not just you know this is what I do and I'm gonna you know make it work no matter who's there and we're gonna you know run my place I think that stubbornness from a coach is just so ridiculous and it's so welcome that you know, Sirianni is willing to look inside and be like, okay, this isn't working. What are we going to do? You know, and um, I was actually listening to a podcast. Earlier. You know, they were just talking about how um, with, with, with Sirianni, like, you know, a lot of times we, uh, we see teams make this kind of flip uh, that, that we did in terms of how we were running our offense. We see him make that we make them see them make that change after a bye week. Sirianni did that in the middle of the year, like on a, on a normal week. So, you know, a lot of times in a, after a midseason bye, you'll see teams come out and they'll be totally different. And, you know, it's like, oh, wow, they changed their offense. We did that on a normal week, you know, so I don't really see us changing too much coming out of a bye. Yeah, you know, I think we've already made our adjustment for the year. And the fact that we were able to do that without the time of a bye is a, is a, is a credit to Sirianni and, and the staff as well. I mean, to to also again, also to accredit Sirianni, I like to think of circumstances like that as you playing chess, not checkers. You know, once after mm-hmm. you play the first half, you play the first half of a game, you go into the halftime and you figure out what you was doing wrong, what you was doing right, how you should go about attacking them from there. And I mean, I just mm-hmm. like to think it was one of the things where he came out, he understood that, okay, this has been working. Let me try a little bit more. And then it really started working. Then you went into the next week where, like, okay, well, it made life a little easier on my quarterback, so let me implement this. And then seeing how much it continued to start working, it got to the point where it's, well, could this possibly be our identity? And, I mean, for most coaches, the reason it doesn't come in until after the bye week, because, as you say, I don't want to say they out here trying to force their plays on players, 
but they had one thing particular that they focused on all off season. One way they try to utilize a player, one thing that they worked on, try mm-hmm. to get them to do this, and they just try to figure out different ways to make themselves seem white, for lack of a better term. Like oh, we 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 thought we was gonna be able to use him here, but clearly it hasn't point. worked out like that. And I mean that just also makes me date back to Sirianni's. Uh, what was that? His hiring presser where he said, "Yeah, just because you see something about a player on film." Like he could watch film on, let's say, Jalen or Boston Scott right now and say, hmm, he remind me a lot of what Naeem has did. We could use him like that. And then you get to Philadelphia and you start trying to utilize him like that and you realize, okay, maybe that mm-hmm. was just the anomaly. So exactly. how exactly should I figure that? And he had no problem saying that. Like there are plays that look good on film that don't work in practice. There are plays that work in practice that don't work on the game. You just got to figure out how to maneuver along the way, for lack of a better term. And I mean, I feel like he's done a phenomenal mm-hmm. job with that. That's what good coaches do, man. That's exactly it. I mean, you just put it perfectly. You know, it's like, I forget what the saying is exactly. It's like fitting a square peg into like a circular hole or something. Hole. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's that, that's what it comes down to a lot. And it's that stubbornness of like, oh, it worked here. Like it should work here for, you know, this staff to, you know, look inwards and have that humility to be like, all right, it's not working. Start from scratch and figure it out. It it really is something like, I mean, taking it for granted now, we kind of talked about on, on the, the roundtable pod, but people were roasting the hell out of the Sirianni hiring. Oh, he's a joke. He's this, this, and this. He's arguably the the best coach you know i mean in terms of Brandon Staley has a yeah Staley has a lot of has a lot of uh wins but we are like pushing past our projected wins Staley has way more talent and they're like keeping up with like what people expected we are overachieving you know and pe- people expect us to be like a four win team man like yeah, man. four or five win team yeah, brother, like i've been listening to so many different podcasts and they finally come to the point where i'm admitting well, clearly the Eagles are better than teams thought they would be heading into the season. Mm-hmm. And I mean, exactly. I just don't understand how you looked at this roster in the first place and thought that you was looking at a four or three wins. I mean, maybe they thought that the whole tanking thing was going to come back into order this year or something. But just when you look at the rosters compared to opponents, I mean, we match up really well. Like there were a few opponents on the schedule where I was like, we don't match up well with them. Yeah. 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 We were outclassed by like maybe the chargers and then I guess like the, the Niners and chiefs. I think that's, that's about it. I wouldn't even put put Dallas on it. Like there were a few games that I went into the season saying, yeah, we're probably not going to win that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Going into the season. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I I felt like not even just going into the season, going into those games, like how we said, predict and give our mm-hmm. predictions at the end of the pod every week. I mean, there were very few games where I went into them thinking the Eagles didn't have many much of a chance. Not even yeah. not the Cowboys game, not even the Chiefs game, because during that point in time, the Chiefs defense was playing terrible. They're now playing we really played the Chiefs this week. Of I'm yesterday. not quite sure this <laughs> Eagles team could beat the Chiefs. Even us running the ball the way we are. Because you have to be able to stop them from scoring points, and it looked like they figured something out in terms of this two packs. They they haven't stopped seeing the two packs. That's, I guess that's they what went I was about from to say. they went from saying, "Okay, let's try to get everybody involved." To fuck it, where is Kelsey and where is Hill? Get him the ball. 
And I mean, like yesterday, I think they said that they was Patrick Mahomes had like 400 something passing yards. They they were responsible for like 383 of that. Like so much of his production came from oh, yeah. them. No, yeah. He had a crazy game and I'm playing I'm playing him against my brother in the fantasy playoffs. So I mean that's wonderful. I'm just already in the hole. But yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Kelsey. Energy. Kelsey about to win me some money, baby. Yeah, I, I know. He's been he's been eating, but I like even their defense has played significantly better really in the past couple of weeks. I don't I don't know what happened. Like but this week probably they, is the they worst figured it out. they played. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. It yeah, was, man. Uh, surprising. Honey Badger don't play, man. That's what it is. Anytime he's on the team, bro, I can't write him off. He's too nice. That man's crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, we kind of covered it a little bit. We've done Minshew versus Hearts, right? I mean, what what do what do you what so what's it what's the uh elevator pitch that you tell someone when they're like, oh, like, you know, do you think Minshew should start over Hertz? Well, what's like something that you would tell them in a couple words to be like, you know, your opinion on that? I mean, I could just leave it at that, but if you wanted me to get more, but nah, on a realistic answer, I'd probably say, nah, man, I probably continue to start Hurts because Hurts offers the offense a much higher ceiling. Hermenshu, mm-hmm. as I said before, offers the offense a whole lot in terms of the passing game, but as I always mention, it's so easy to offer something in the passing game when the team doesn't have much film on you or doesn't have much time to prepare for you. But when you start preparing for a particular quarterback and doing things that he's uncomfortable with is when things start looking terrible. And mm-hmm. we see, I mean, no. Dude, we saw it no in the game. I'm, 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 so, I'm sorry to interrupt, but, like, we literally saw it in the game. They said at the beginning of the game, the announcers, everybody's like, they were expecting Hurts all week. They were prepared for those. CJ Mosley said after the game that they were prepared for Hurts the entire first half. And so that's why it was kind of a mess. Second half, the defense started locking up a little bit, you know, and they were a little bit more ready for, for what Hurts was doing. taking away the things that he was doing well, start taking away the things we, he's do, like. We didn't score as many touchdowns. We scored three field goals, right? Like, I mean, it's not like the offense was just cruising down, you know, doing whatever they wanted. You know, as soon as they had a little bit of time to adjust for who they were playing, reality shown through a little bit you know and this was the Jets mm-hmm. and then we really have to like it goes both ways right like he dominated against the Jets and then he didn't look great against the Jets so that should say something that you know the level of talent is not very high and he's struggling let's take the dub that we got you know he played amazing we got a great week of quarterback play to watch but not let's not push the passer too much you know I mean to his defense though you can make the same argument that the Hurts players would have said after the Broncos game where, yeah, sure, his second half wasn't that good, but his first half was phenomenal. No doubt. And to, to our defense, the same way that we said to them, it's the same way they could say to us. Well, maybe we were up, like they felt so comfortable with their lead heading into halftime going into the second half that maybe they just wanted to take the ball out of his hands. Not because they didn't think he was good enough, but why keep putting the ball in at risk yeah. when you could just take time off the clock? So, I mean, yeah, it's a bit concerning that his second half didn't look as good as his first. But I, I like to think of this game as a we shouldn't have to show a whole lot in the first place. I like to think of it as the same way that Coach said after the game that Hurts is the starting quarterback. Once he's healthy, mm-hmm. he will come back and remain a starting quarterback. It's one of them games where – 
kind of necessarily didn't have to risk it all or throw it out there. You, like you got players that's hurt, nothing against the Jets, but I mean, it was a winnable game to say the least. So if mm-hmm. you were able to win a football game without putting all pushing all your chips in, I mean, why wouldn't you? So you go out there, let Minshew do Minshew do his thing, show what he can do, show exactly what the offense you your process of what you want the offense to look like in terms of the mm-hmm. passing game, and yep. take strides from there, heading into the bye week. I don't think it was nothing more, nothing less. Like the same thing, like. Let's just put it like this. If these were playoff games we were playing in, I don't think Jalen Hurts wouldn't be out there. Now, I mean, you can have the conversation as to who wants the offense better or not, but as I said in the first place, I don't – I just think Hurts offers the offense a higher ceiling. At this point, we're just trying to get him to figure out the things as a passer. He already has the extra – skill set a part of his game versus Minshew. Yeah. I mean, that's not saying he's immobile. He can get the runs mm-hmm. when he needs to, but you can build a, a run lot game of the time. Jalen. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it's, it's how just, I'm trying to put it. It's just a difference. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think I would fully agree. I think it just comes down to the ceiling, right? And um you know some some might try to argue that you have a higher floor with Minshew. But I also don't believe that's true either because we've seen some god awful games from Minshew when he was in Jacksonville. So I think, you know, Hurts with his legs and everything, I think he just, like you said, adds that extra dimension to the offense that with a young team like we have right now, I just think something like that is crucial to have in every game because it's something you can lean on and it's something we were able to lean on and win lots of games. And that's, that's not easy to do in the NFL. And if you have something that works as well as that, you have to take advantage of that. Football is about getting your best athletes on the field and putting them in the best positions to succeed. And Jalen Hurts makes that easy, you know? And that's, I mean, that's that, you know? <laughs> but um, yeah, I think uh, I think we're gonna see a lot more as the year goes on. And, you know, I think, I think we're gonna have another year with Jalen as long as he finishes, you know, the year out on a, you know, a positive-ish note, you know, even if we don't necessarily make the playoffs as long as we win the majority of our remaining games. Because, you know, after oh, last Jaylen weekend... looks good. Exactly. Because after last weekend, you know, there's a chance that we could be 9-8 and eight and not make the playoffs, which really sucks. But, you know, it's a reality. And uh, we lost some games that we should have won. But it's a young team, and we're learning. And uh, I think I'd... I mean, I want to go to the playoffs so bad, but I would take, you know what we've learned about from this team and uh, and the improvement that we've seen from this team. I think I'd be, I'd be happy with that. No, most definitely, but, man. Yeah. I guess we've discussed the quarterback. I mean, since we on him, I mean, it seemed to be some questions surrounding him heading into this game this week against Washington. Yeah. Is, yesterday he was a limited participant today. Full participant. Looks like if the game was played on Sunday, he would be the starting quarterback. With this game now being moved to Tuesday, you almost could most certainly account for him to be the starting quarterback now, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, let's let's talk about the uh, 
the football team in that game. Sorry, I just dropped my headphones <laughs> if that was loud. But um, why don't we why don't we talk about that game? Um, the uh, the football team, this matchup that we got coming up, and uh, and then we can cover, you know, how we feel about it and uh, and and move in that game. So why don't you give me a little bit of a preview, bro? What are we what are we kind of expecting? Um, I know it's a little bit tough because you yes. don't know who's going to be playing. But why don't you just kind of tell me from a you know schematic standpoint, what is a uh, old Riverboat Ron looking to do this week? Well, you know, Riverboat Ron, man, always been the same guy running through the four three defense, man. What I've noticed is they haven't been necessarily trying to apply as much pressure as Ron Rivera has come to do over his career. Maybe that's mm-hmm. Now, granted, even with me saying that, they've been began to pick it up a little bit more over the course of the year. I like to think they started like that because of the way their secondary been playing to start the season. They weren't playing mm-hmm. particularly well. Now, over the last month or so, they've been playing a pretty good brand of football, trending in the right direction, definitely. Which, I mean, you can make that argument about the entire defense as a whole. Like... Early in the season, they couldn't stop a fly. They was literally the worst defense in football, which was a surprise heading to the year. That young defense, all that talent, all those first-round picks, is like, what the hell just happened, basically? I mean, me personally, when I looked at the roster on paper, I looked at the acquisitions, Kendall Fuller, William Jackson, and I mean, I've been very high on mm-hmm. those two with the majority of their career. Like, those are two really good cornerbacks. So seeing them play bad, for lack of a better term, it was like, is this a schematic thing? Are they getting exposed with, like, once again, what the Mm -hmm. hell is going on here? And a (laughs) lot of the folks down here were basically saying the same thing. Like, they felt like they have been catfished. That defense was so good last year and Mm -hmm. was bound to take their places this year. I took them early in fantasy. I bought in. You and me both. And it just, it just it just fell off. But, I mean, as I said, over the course of the season, it seemed like the team as a whole began to get itself in, in, together. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Like, Washington as a front is very interesting. Clearly, as you say, heading into this game, you have no clue who's going to play. I mean, you can make an argument and discuss, like, the islands and the clearly Chase Jones out for the season. Jones oh, and Allen's, right. Oh, yeah, because I was going to say, I mean, their quarterback could be Kyle Allen now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. This is going to be weird, man. But, yeah, Jonathan but, Allen's huge. And, I mean, with the injury of Chase Young, I mean, that's that's really big, that's right? Significant. I mean, for a while, they was also playing without Montez Sweat. Now, it looks like we'll touch on him a whole lot more later, but it looks like he right. should be available for the game Tuesday. But... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, the team activated him from the IR plus the COVID list today, actually. So he should be trending towards playing. Now, they say conditioning may be a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for them, that should mm-hmm. be great because their, their defensive line is depleted right now. The only person they have, yeah. I believe, is Deron Payne. So it's definitely You know who they could use right now? On. You know who they could use? Ryan Kerrigan. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> I mean, today defense though, if he played anything like he been playing for us, he wouldn't be that much of a help. I think I firmly believe if he was still on their team, 
he'd be way better, bro. It's because he's, he's on the Eagles. Team. He'd have eight sacks right now. That's what that's he's what I'm saying. Bro. Crazy. When Ridiculous. will we learn? When, when will we learn? I, and I mean, I'm already getting suckered into making the same decision with Michael Gallup. It's it's already happening. I'm like, oh, bring him here. I should know better. But stay oh, man, away. he's nice. Stay away. stay away is right. Dude, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, that a little bit of listening. That ain't me saying Michael Gallup is not a good player. He is a hell of a player yeah. and a damn good wide receiver. Just do not come to Philadelphia, please. He'll have all of his issues no. that he has will come out and be issues here. He struggled with drops before. It's the last thing we need here. He'll come here and forget how to catch the ball fully. So, I mean, we don't even need to get into that right now because so we got this whole game. But yeah, man, I think it's 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 really tough to you know see you know matchups or anything because I mean they have like a full. 22 players out like that's a full football team that's nuts you know like i mean we i don't i don't know if we've ever seen you know, starting uh, squad and, man both sides that's what i'm saying ball. have we seen a covid outbreak of this magnitude on on like a single team I, like i don't i don't think so when i think about oh, it no brother i mean you clearly as what's going on right now you look at the browns and the rams those two have particular problems right now before that i mean maybe the ravens last year but that's the only thing i could think of man hell ah man Mm -hmm. i can't think of many more it's crazy i mean i haven't seen something like this before like i mean obviously none of us have but yeah but i mean it's, it's just ridiculous i think i mean yeah, I, I think what you just said is right. I mean, about Ron's defense, and I I don't even know what I can say they're trying to do on offense because it really depends on who's going to be a quarterback. With Heineke, exactly. you have a guy who can well, extend plays and make things happen. I mean, yeah, the offense it's same, it, it will be the same at its core, but the way Heineke runs the offense is just so different from Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen's so much more conservative. He's your more Minshew type, and, you know, you got – um, Heineke, who can you know make a little bit of magic happen, he can run around a little bit more, and uh, and and the thing that really sticks out about him is that he's really willing to you know give his his boys a chance with the ball. You know he mm-hmm. throws those 50-50 balls, so that's why Terry McLaurin has had an absolutely unreal season because he can make those fantastic you know spectacular catches and at least uh, Heineke trusts him to make it. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. Exactly. And it's because of him. It's because he will let him get the ball. And I mean, that's what we kind of wanted Carson to do before. It's what we loved Jalen did against the uh, against the Broncos with that with that catch over uh, Sertan with uh, Devante. Like, I mean, as a receiver, you love that type of quarterback. You want to play for him because he's 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 shown his belief in you. So um, I think the dynamic really changes depending on who's in there. Um but, you know, I mean, I think we're going to just see. It's going to be a game that's – I think it's a game that's going to be one up front for us. You know, we're going to need pressure from our D-line, and we're going to need um, our O-line to dominate as they should this game. You know, and, and uh, yeah, I think that's what it comes down to us. What about you? I mean, just touching on both sides a little bit, it's going to be an interesting mm-hmm. front because, you know, as – We've been saying, and as we've established, and the Eagles have established, apparently, the run game is the way. But Mm -hmm. it's interesting when you get to talk about the Washington football team and their defense in front. Even with all the injuries up front, they've been pretty solid against running backs all year. 
you could try it basically. I mean, they hold a point on the year in general, they allow four, four yards per carry. They allow 93.6 yards per game. They held Dallas to 3.5 yards per carry. But that, it, yeah. here's where it gets really interesting with Washington. So running backs against Washington, like Zeke, a bunch of the other backs they played against, as I said, the Cowboys was at 3.5 yards per carry, which is right around the season average they allowed for running backs, 3.6 on the year. But Big, huge, giant, but the Redskins, well, the football team, I'm sorry. The <laughs> football team True. is very, very, very susceptible to a mobile quarterback, apparently. Mm-hmm. So, and to, to account for these 3.6 yards per carry, they're allowed to run running backs in a year. They give up an average of 5.6 to quarterbacks oh. a whole two yards more. So I mean that's should, wild. Let's obviously what? Jalen Hurts was a full position participant in practice this week. So this could be the Jalen Hurts game. Like if everything does that goes come right, down to defense bro? ball right say that one more time. Like does that come down to the scheme? Like I mean that's that's um, that's a that's a massive difference. Like are they just not worrying about the quarterback then? Like you know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like in terms of lot, playing a lot of man coverage, back away from the quarterback, stuff like that. That's a really good question. I mean, Washington plays some man, but it, it isn't like they man crazy I didn't think they were, either. I thought they played more zone. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's not like the quarterback <laughs> isn't in their face. I like to think it's more of a, a prospect of the talent they have up front. Then in. Mm-hmm. And same way I say this team tried to do to us early in the year and use our aggressiveness against us. I mean, if you're going to mm-hmm. sit up here and try to rush me, rush the passer, sometimes you just got to escape the pocket as a quarterback and do what you can do. Yeah. Like last week against Dak, there were plenty of opportunities for Dak to get out of the pocket and escape and pick up big first down with his feet. Yeah, now, I mean, it's just surprising to me, man. Like, I mean, yeah. if you be playing Heineke in practice every day, You'd, you know, you, you would think that they'd be a little bit used to that. I mean, all of them, honestly, because Kyle Allen is mobile himself. They're actually, he a is? bit more mobile than, yeah, he's a bit more mobile than Heineke. He's really a dual really? threat quarterback to an extent. Like, I actually Maybe have always underrated the part of his game. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got a family member I talked to, and he was honestly telling me that he would prefer. Kyle Allen to be the starting quarterback than Heineke. Not because Heineke isn't good or anything. I mean, you can have that conversation amongst yourselves if you think he's a good quarterback and that. But mm-hmm. he just thinks that, that Allen gets the team. Like Allen, his skill set gives the team a better chance to win. He thinks Allen has a better arm than Heineke, which, I mean, yeah, you say that That's Heineke wild. always gives his players a chance to succeed, but it's not like he got the greatest arm on his shoulder either. Like, it's a reason. Basically, it's a reason Terry McLaurin leads the league in all these contested catches because it has to be contested, basically. Versus Kyle Allen, I mean, he got a little something going on, a little something now. He isn't the most accurate. I like to think he has a great understanding of the system because he worked with both Ron Rivera and Scott Turner during their time in Carolina. That was their whole reasoning for bringing them over. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. 
I guess they were just wrong with the mojo in terms of riding with Taylor Heineke the most of the season. But, I mean, it is an interesting conversation going on in their quarterback room, honestly. Because then you even had Ryan Fitzpatrick before he went down. But I guess based on what exactly. happened last season ended and how Heineke performed in the playoffs, and it's not like how Heineke has had many games where it's, yeah, you got to bench that guy. Like, even if he has yeah. moments where it was, oh, that's not very pretty. He's also had some that's moments in that same game where, mm-hmm. okay, the Heineken can magic, work bro. with that. Yeah. I just that's, think about I mean, the Denver I, game, man. Exactly. Or, or I mean, the Bucks game last year. That was nuts. That was nuts. I mean, you see, I mean, that, that's crazy to me that, 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 um, that your friend was saying that because, I mean, from an outsider perspective, I thought most people would be preferring Heineke over Kyle Allen. And, I mean, maybe it's because Kyle Allen doesn't utilize that aspect of his game as much, but I just feel like I see – I feel like I just see Heineke running the ball just so much more when, I, when I've watched them. But, I mean, that, that makes sense. I mean, I don't know. I think they're in a tough position. I think they actually have a quarterback controversy, but not the good kind where it's two good guys, it's two mediocre guys, and you're like, all right, which one do we choose? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like, and, I mean, we've, we've been there for years. Play. Right. So, I mean, I got to ask you, bro. You're from, you're from, you're from the area. Why don't you, why don't you give me like your, your, your favorite, you know, uh, football team Eagles game memory from, from living down there. Like what's, what's one that always sticks out in your head? Hmm. That's a really good question. I mean, clearly as an Eagles fan, how could you not say the Monday night massacre? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was mm-hmm. that was just like a magical day. Obviously, me and all my family was just sitting around the TV watching the game. And just from the first play on to the end of the game, like you couldn't ask for a better game, man. Even beyond <laughs> that, I went back to watch earlier this week, actually. I went back and watched Chip Kelly's debut in the first game against Washington. You're a sicko, and- bro. You're a real sicko. But I, I love <laughs> it and I respect it. But a Chip Kelly uh, just, gentlemen. Just, just, yes. Oh, my goodness. Since we're on the <laughs> subject, shout out to Dylan for committing to UCLA. Shout out to Q for giving me the drop on Dylan. I saw that. UCLA. But Chip Kelly finally got himself a quarterback that can actually throw the ball down the field. DTR, I love you, boy, but you was kind of holding the offense back. <laughs> anyway, back on subject. Even that game never, against Washington, dude, I mean, man. off the subject for a second, man. I literally have never met a Philly fan who loves Chip Kelly as much as you. Ever. Ever. Everybody you probably unanimously like, hates him. <laughs> dude, you, you you refuse to just say anything negative, bro. You're like, Chip Kelly the GM? Yeah, but Chip Kelly the coach? Got nothing bad to say. <laughs> nothing bad to say at all, man. That's because I, I love that man works so much magic, man. So much magic. <laughs> And, I mean, if you guys want more on that topic, I went into detail on it on the Philly Blitz roundtable. But Chip Chip Kelly, the GM, ruined everything for Chip Kelly, the coach, man. If only he just had a competent GM. Yep. yep. Dang. Like, it's, it, it's a lot of what ifs. I mean, what if we had traded for Mariota? All right, listen to, listen to the roundtable, everybody. You can listen to these sickle conversations, but I need to hear more about the, the football team, bro. Can't talk about Chip Kelly. You got You got to tell me about the Monday Night Massacre because that is amazing, dude. Like, I mean, I'd be insufferable. Everybody's just watching 
mouth agape like what is going on and your team is just winning yeah that's, that's awesome. like from the start we were already the same way because we had just got back like one of my my cousins played football at the point in time so we used to go up to his practice and watch him out well so obviously it's a monday night we hurried like we telling him come on bro we gotta hurry up and get home hurry up and get your stuff we gotta walk home he lived right up right. the street from the recreation center so we used to walk man we ran home and we were, we got home fast enough that we had enough time to make a pit stop at the uh the carry out to get some food. And yeah, we got Sounds our like food a great together. Night. Yeah, bro, it was real, it was trending real good, really real good. It ended <laughs> real good for me. I don't know about them, but right, it's trending good for you. Yeah, man, we got our food. We got back to the house. We sat in front of the TV right before we could even get in front of the TV. Somebody came outside like, they about to fight. They about to fight. So we like, who? They're like, LeBron Landry and Deshaun Jackson. I'm, so we all yeah. looking at each other like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what's about to go down. It's be a good game. game. Kick off in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Let's work game. We get in there. Game kick off. Game been on two minutes, man. You see Deshaun Jackson running right past LeBron Landry. And I'm like, oh, you already know what type of night it's about to be, brother. Oh, man. Six touchdowns for Michael Vick. Four through the air, two on the ground. Oh, my goodness, man. That was the that was the game that put the league on notice for real. And honestly, mm-hmm. I'm kind of gl- I'm kind of sad that we had to talk about it like this because memory serves me correctly that was the year that he was on that that amazing tear to win mvp or almost win mvp and then the nfl hated Mm -hmm. us once again and made us play a tuesday night game against the vikings every commissioner hates us the city of philadelphia literally hates the city of philadelphia and i will never understand it i don't know why we have like some of the most passionate and like you know steady fans we will always give teams money and they Screw us at every turn possible. And you know what? This is a perfect segue. What is this, dude? Why are we being punished for another team's incompetence? It just incompetence it does not make not sense. Not even the word, brother. The NFL literally said outbreak because of unvaccinated players result in forfeiture. Correct me if I'm wrong, but... Montez Sweat is an unvaccinated player, right? Oh, yeah, and he's been very vocal about it, too. Uh, I know. I know. I've seen it <laughs> in every newspaper. But it's, I don't know, man. It just gets really frustrating, and it gets even more frustrating because then you look at the football team fans or some of their Twitter accounts, and they try to make it seem like they the, the team is scared of the competition, is scared of playing them, and it's more so a principle type of thing of, who the hell wants to play three games in 13 days? Mm-hmm. Who the hell wants to play a game like we discussed earlier? It's it's one thing if you push the game like, okay, cool. The Browns, I mean, granted, they played on Saturday in the first place, but pushing it to Monday, all right, cool. It probably would have been difficult trying to figure out how to play four games on Monday. But when you push the game to what's normally – off day so not only do they not practice monday they can't practice tuesday because they play tuesday then got to come back to practice on wednesday to practice for a game mm-hmm. on sunday it, it just i don't know man it just doesn't make sense and you preach the player no. safety as as the league it doesn't make sense now as in terms of the eagles i mean 
they've been in worse situations. It's okay. They, yeah, they, I mean, they should be able to, like, it's honestly a really good circumstance for a young head coach to be in. Get your guys. Obviously, the team is motivated because nobody mm-hmm. seems to be happy. We've seen tweets from Cox. We've seen tweets from Slay. Like, the team is unhappy. McLeod. And clearly, it's, it's Sirianni's job to just make sure the team is focused and ready to play come Tuesday night. It's just really inconveniencing that this has to be the way that it's gone about, especially because of somebody else's inconvenience. Like, it's one thing when you talk about a team like the Browns, who are almost fully vaccinated, but then when you talk about the most, the, the least vaccinated team in the league, it's like, okay, so why are you rewarding them or trying to help them out when you literally said you wouldn't do that to start the season? I don't know, brother. Exactly. It's, it's, what's the what's the point of having all these rules? What's the point of, you know, having all these mandates if you're if you're just not gonna if like whatever it happens, we're just gonna punish everybody. I mean, I've been arguing with one of my friends on Twitter for like all night because he's like, oh, it's not our fault. Like, I mean, it's because of one player. Yeah, it's because of one player, and that's a reality right now. Your one player has led to a massive outbreak. The Washington football team has not taken COVID seriously for two years. You had to release a player last year because he went to the strip club at the height of the pandemic. Like, and there was no vaccine. Like, and and your coach is is immunocompromised. Like, I mean, it's just so messed up on so many levels. I don't even know where to start. And I just think it's absurd that people are standing up for it. Like, forfeit the game. You if you the I mean. What do they say in football? The best ability is availability. And if you're not available because you refuse to do something, why is everybody else getting punished for that? Are we putting off a game because somebody tore their ACL on a team? No, no. And so that's why they go in, they work their muscles and they work their different, they work, they work the different tendons and they build up muscle around there to minimize the risk of tearing your ACL. Yeah, you can tear your ACL, but you can minimize your risk. It's the same thing with COVID. Yeah, you can get COVID, but you can minimize your risk. You know, it's just like exactly. For some reason, it just doesn't make sense to people. And I mean, obviously, it doesn't it? And it's just absurd, man, that we are risking our team's health. And I mean, and I know there's an outbreak everywhere. I'm not denying that. But I mean, it's an issue with the NBA too. The Sixers played a game last year with eight guys. We had one guy injured and sued up so that he could so that we could play the whole game and this year now they're like you know talking about moving games and canceling games and all this it's the inconsistency that's ridiculous you know and and just just care about player safety in the nba on top of that i mean dude i was just a podcast you know the bubble was a little bit over a year ago it's been three nba seasons that's ridiculous i know and they like to try to make it seem like they like erasing it from history or something with it hasn't even been a year. Like, it's been two years like, of this pandemic, bro. It's... Two years. And it's like, what the hell? I don't, as I said before, I'm all for everybody being able to make their own decisions, man. When your decisions start affecting those around you, especially in a dangerous manner, is when you need to start reconsidering everything that you're doing or at least thinking about it. And I feel like most people just think about me, 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 me. They don't think about those around them when they make their decisions. So it's like it's frustrating, man. And then when you you can even look at it from bigger than a, a standpoint like that. When you even look at it from the outskirts of the fans, like fans pay their good money to buy these tickets, buy these teams, 
merchandise, all this stuff, mm-hmm. be able to attend these games. And who the hell is off work on a Tuesday? And you're like, you put it at the most random time where it's like, who's going to be able to attend this? I mean, you might have a few players, but NFL don't care. They got their money past it already. It's just, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. It's just so much to be, to be taken into account. It's like, that's crazy. Like, did y'all really even think about this? Or did y'all just make a decision? It, it's, I, I think it's just decisions, bro. They're not thinking about anything. I mean, Roger Goodell is just a crook, man. Like, like, I mean, I know it's easy to say, but I mean, it's ridiculous. And I mean, it's not even just about this stuff. I mean, dude, the Washington football team's a freaking mess, dog. I mean, there's reports about, it, it's crazy that like, the whole Dan Snyder story is being brushed under the rug this week because of all this COVID stuff. They're investigating him for sexual assault and he is literally getting in the way of investigations, showing up to people's houses. And then Goodell has the nerve to say, oh, Kinda he's paid not. him off. I, like, I, it, it's like, do you not have any sense of morality? Like how, how is it just like flying, bro? You know what I mean? Like, it, like the things about Dan Snyder that have been said are so disgusting. And because he has money and he's an owner, Goodell is covering for his ass so much. And it's it's just gross to watch, man. Like, it's like, what are we doing? I, I, I don't know. You know, and now we're moving games for them. Snyder's got to have some dirt on Goodell, bro. <laughs> like, I mean, there's no reason he should still be leading an organization. They're moving games for him and everything. Man, this is the Taysom Hill and Sean Payton type <laughs> type deal here. <laughs> like, this is this is absurd. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it, dude. I mean, just don't make, don't make excuses for people who just won't do their job fully, you know, and everybody has a right to be vaccinated, you know, decide whether or not to, but, you know, I would implore you to think about people around you. And if you're in an organization where there is a chance that if you don't get vaccinated, you can't play, or if you're not available, sometimes you have to make sacrifices, man. And I mean, it's, it's reality. It's a reality for people who have jobs. There's going to be mandatory vaccines at some point and people are going to have to get the vaccine. And I think to just keep letting, you know, people do whatever they want in the NFL because, you know, it's the NFL. I think that's wrong. If, uh, if, if, if these types of things are coming about and, you know, everybody's having to make that, athletes should be no different. You know, we're supposed to treat them as people in terms of like, you know, talking about them and, and all those types of things. And I fully agree, you know, these, there are humans behind it, but the humans behind there also have to follow all the, same the rules. rules that we do. Definitely, yeah. man. Definitely exactly. agree with everything you said a hundred percent, man. It's just crazy that one person has the power to put the entire league in a circumstance like this. <laughs> it's, it's wild, bro. It's crazy, man. Like, I, mean, I know the Broncos Pierre said like, it, right? what the hell? Right. They literally played with a receiver at quarterback, dog. Like, I mean, it, it, oh, it's just not going to make sense. There's no way to make it make sense. But Pierre said it best, bro. Tuesday's just an ugly game for a football. It's just an ugly day for a football game, man. It's ugly. Tuesday night football, I, we say TNF. Is it Thursday night football or Tuesday night football? Like, come on. What are we doing now? Okay. <laughs> they just know that they got eight days of football in the next 10 days and that's yep, money that's, that's literally what it comes down to and it's so it's so sick like i mean oh, 
yeah, it really is just like oh, more revenue. You know, we got more games going, and that's just sad, man. I just, I, I, I just pray that you know, and it's not even just about the Eagles. I hope the players on the football team are okay too, man. Like they're gonna yeah, have to play man. on a short week as well. Nobody has a bye week for the rest of the season. Nah, like I'm glad you actually brought that up because it's like I don't want Eagles fans to think that the football team is getting over. I mean, it sucks for the fact that they pushed the game back yeah. for somebody's negligence. But please, I want you to remember that. I don't remember who they played two weeks ago, but that team was coming off a bye week. They played Dallas last week, coming off a seven-day break, basically a mini-bye week because they played on Thursday night. They play us on a 16-day break now because we coming off a bye week. Mm-hmm. And then next week they that. play Dallas again, who is coming off their actual bye week. So they played a month straight of games against teams coming off longevity breasts. So they they playing the long game too. Yeah, it's very brutal. They playing the long game too. So don't think we got yeah. it easy. It ain't no unfair thing on our side or anything. Like it's just a mm-hmm. principle. And I, I just want the the football yeah. team fans to understand that it's a principle thing. It's, it's principle. Y'all should be exactly. upset too. Y'all should be upset. If it was on us. Play a game on Tuesday and then go back on Sunday. Exactly. And if it's us, we should forfeit. If we had 20, 22 uh, players have COVID, we should forfeit. I'm not going to argue that, man. Like, it's player safety. And, I mean, if everybody's tested positive for COVID, like, on is Sunday to Tuesday going to make that much of a difference? Like, really? Is it, like, what are we doing here, man? Oh, not Oakland, Vegas, whatever their name is. Right. It's so weird, man. Teams moving places, like, in our lives. It's, it's it, it. I mean, that's that's a goofy. But, yeah, man, I don't know. And, you know, if you don't want to forfeit the game, give everybody a bye. You know, make it a bye week. If it's really as bad as y'all think it is, and there's an outbreak, is playing another game going to do anything positive? No, it's probably going to lead to more outbreaks. So why don't we just take a week off, you know? Adjust, mind. You have to move it. I get it. Playoffs and everything. You got to move it back a week and and everything like that. But it's I even bigger than that, man. These channels, it. these networks have these games locked in already. TV schedules. Yeah. So much right money. money, 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 mm-hmm. money, money. That's what it comes down to. It's sad. It's sad because it's 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 real people behind those helmets, you know. And it's, exactly, man. It's real life out here. But I mean, what can you do? We'll see. But anyways, buddy, so we talked about the team a little bit. We've talked about Minshew versus Hurts. We've talked about last week or two weeks ago. What are we thinking? What's, what's the score going to look like on this on this fine Tuesday night football game? Man, that's so ugly. Oh, my goodness. I do not want to think about Tuesday night football games, man. Somebody mm-hmm. go put Joe Webb in a closet now. Right, right. I saw somebody tweet that. Man. It was like, like if the Eagles don't know where uh, Joe Webb is right now, they don't want to win. It's like, that's facts. Like, we got to go get that figured out today. Even, like they say, if they don't want to win, if they don't, man. Oh, that, mm-hmm. that gave me nightmares for years. Years. <laughs> no, dude. What even was that, bro? The difference between a first round bye and losing to the Green Bay Packers in the first round. Oh my goodness, man. Anyway, um, this should be a really interesting matchup, man. A really interesting matchup. 
Clearly, mm-hmm. as I say all the time, man, to hell with what the rosters look like, to hell with what the records look like. When it comes to these divisional games, you throw divisional all of that out the window, man. All of it goes out the window. Yes, sir. It's a fight to the finish. They know you, you know them, and let's see how it's going to go. It's interesting, man. Clearly, the Eagles need to get some pressure defensively, man. Defense, John Gannon, I don't know. If he watched the game last week, but Dallas sent that heat at that offensive line, man. That heat. He did. And they struggled, man. They struggled. Brandon Scherf should play this week. He was a full participant in practice. I didn't see Eric Flowers on the injury report. Um, That's big for him. But, I mean, it's Eric Flowers. I know they're about to say, yeah. Hopefully he plays. But, Dude, I mean, I they made know. Michael Parsons look like LT. Yo, he's nice. I mean, it's not nice, his fault. But... They down to their fifth center. Five exactly. Center. How do you play five centers in one season, bro? Like, That's we worse complained than about playing year. 13 <laughs> offensive line combos, and they got five different centers. I had no idea it was five, bro. I knew they were on, like, I knew they were on reserves, but five? Yeah, man, yes. five different centers. What, what, what do you even do in that position? I, like, I don't, I don't think there's anything you can really do, bro. Oh, man, you just pray. You definitely <laughs> just pray. But, I mean, they, they got troubles along the offensive line. Now, it's not like we're some world beaters. That's why I say John Gannon has to dial up some pressure, man, because it's not like our defensive Agreed. line has been, like, top-notch, top-tier. I think they were ranking, like, mm-hmm. 20 years. I think it was 24th in total pressures or something like that. Clearly, all eyes on Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, concussion protocol. He probably has a better chance of playing Tuesday than he did Sunday. J.D. McKissick probably won't play. And who else was it that won't play? Somebody, yeah. And Curtis Sam probably won't play, but Curtis Sam probably hasn't played in who knows how long, man. I was going to say, dude. That so sign is looking worse and worse, and it's crazy because I'm a I was big excited for him. You got exactly, man. Oh, excited. yeah, he's Ohio that. State, right? Exactly, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was always confused, man. I was like, this guy is so athletic. Why? Like, and he had like that good stretch last year. You know, I thought I thought maybe yeah, it was man. finally clicking for him. I don't know. It's going all coming down to can the Eagles defense stop the run, man? Washington has really been. Antonio Gibson, kid's a dog, mm-hmm. man. They've really been giving him the rock lately. Two weeks ago against Oakland, I believe it was. Yeah, it was Oakland. Now, why do I keep calling him Oakland? Vegas. <laughs> Vegas, the Raiders. Two weeks ago against the Raiders. The Raiders, yeah. Call it the Raiders, right? They, he, he had a monstrous game, monstrous game, man. Big time game. He was in route to a monstrous his game last week too he just gotta hold on to the football hold on to the football and stay healthy bro you mm-hmm. that's it man last week i think they had a, he had a fumble against dallas man in the passing game brutal. and it looked like yep. they, it was a brutal fumble man because they was on their way to coming back before that fumble it looked like they Dude, sat they, down they, for a while so i agree man they they I'm, gave dallas a scare last week yeah, after yeah, that was, right there. It was like tail of two football games. The first half was a, mm-hmm. a good old fashioned Southern beatdown, and the, the second half was like, well, total Cowboys job. Go ahead, choke. Right, right. But I mean, exactly. 
It all comes down to how how all the defense plays, man. Defense has to get stops, mm-hmm. and you gotta stop. You gotta show defense up. Defense gotta, yeah, man. You gotta stop the run first and foremost. Yep. Offense. Offense has Jalen Hurts, so whoever plays quarterback on Tuesday, it looks like we're turning towards Jalen Hurts. They have to be able to control the game through the air. Obviously, we're gonna look to run the ball. As I said before, that's gonna be easier said than done, unless we. Emphasize getting Jalen involved. It's looking like a very winnable game, especially with the mm-hmm. game band in Philadelphia. You never know who they're going to have healthy by this point in time. Eagles should be able to come away with a victory. It shouldn't be like the spread got up to like 12 and a half at some point today. It was I don't pretty think wild, it's dude. Gonna, yeah. No. yeah, it's not going to be there, but. The Eagles should be able to win this football game. I think we win by 10. You know, I don't think it gets to as, as much as 12, but I think I, I think I think we have I think we got like at least a touchdown and a field goal over them. I think I think at this point, like you know, where they're at health-wise and everything. I mean, sorry, I just I fully interrupted you. That was awful. But <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking I'm thinking like 30 type, 30, 20 type. You know, I'm thinking. I'm thinking that's going to be the score. I don't. I with JG, you know, he shows his comfortability, right? With quarterbacks, he just, you know, thinks they're not as as good and they're not going to take as much van, mm-hmm. advantage. And so, I think he's going to be in his bag this game. And I know I kind of said that last game, and he started to later in the game. Um, mm-hmm. But hopefully, he learned from last week and taking things a little bit too slowly gives everybody a heart attack and things don't look very good. So. Hopefully he comes out, you know, calling calling stuff a little bit early in the game. But I like our chances, bro. I think I think we can win by ten. What about you? If I had to give a score to it, it'd probably be twenty six seventeen. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a couple of late field goals to seal the game later. Probably sits at seventeen to twenty for a little second. Yeah. Like, I think it's going to be a closer game than much of us anticipate. I mean, like I said, yeah. these division games are no joke. Now, I do think we, by, especially because without anybody knowing what this COVID list is going to look like, who they're going to have available to play. I mean, by the end of the game, we should be able to prowl on top, but it's not going to be an easy feat, I'll tell you that. No, it's not going to be easy. I, I agree. Uh, yeah, I think your your score is definitely realistic. I'm I'm a little bit too much of a homer, I've realized, but yeah, I think you're you're totally right, man. The uh, divisional games, you just you never know, and I mean that's a benefit for us as well. I mean, we got a divisional game against somebody who's a a large favorite in in three weeks, so you know divisional games got that juice. But if we want to make the playoffs, we have to sweep. We have to we have to we have to sweep the football team. I think can't, I think that's about where I'm at. Can't lose. Honestly, you want to make the playoffs. I don't think we can afford to lose another game. This to season. lose a game, yeah, yep. And there's and I mean these are all trap games, man. Like I mean the Cowboys is like you know that's going to be a challenge, but I mean the Giants and the, and, and and the football team, those are trap games. You gotta you gotta you know, go. You gotta them. play this team. Go ahead on straight. two times in three weeks, man. It's crazy, bro. We're going to see. We're going to have an interesting time. And, uh, you know, as a little preview, we're going to have uh, we're going to have, uh, you know, one of my one of my old buddies is uh, is, is a big uh, football team fan. He has his 
own podcast. So uh, we're thinking about having him on and uh, and getting a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, perspective from the enemy, you know, and uh, and see see where they're at, especially after this game. Um, but thank you so much, everybody, as always, for listening. We we really truly have a great time doing this, and appreciate y'all giving us the opportunity to keep doing this. Um, you know, uh, I, make sure you tune in to the uh, the roundtable if you if you if you got the time. Uh, some really great football uh, talked about on there. Uh, Pierre and Q really know their film, so I mean, you you go on there and you, and you see those breakdowns. Uh, it's pretty awesome, and I know they got something cooking as well uh, along those lines that's going to be coming out. So so keep an eye out for that. But you know, as always, follow us on Twitter. I know sports. Uh, Parth A Shukla eighty four, um, and then uh, also you know make sure you uh, rate, review, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe again as always, um, and then and then keep an eye out on our Twitter for uh, for some updates on if we're uh, going to be switching pages, um, anything about the podcast, and as always, please please you know reach out to us on Twitter, ask us questions, things you'd like us to talk about on the podcast. Um, we really want to do stuff that. That, that people want to listen to and that you guys will enjoy. So uh, we're always open to feedback. Uh, make sure to leave some comments and uh, thank you as always for your time. Anything to say, Q? Yes, sir. Like he said, like, comment, subscribe. We love you. Go birds. Um, actually, Go birds. for that second meeting, when you just the birds actually come travel down to DC, um, if any of you guys in the area are going to be near, don't be afraid to hit me up, man. We trying to say, I don't know for a fact we're going to the game because I know we got an engagement party and all that planned for the weekend. But I know for a fact that I'll be out there pre-game, tailgating. Got to shout out for the gang, man. Yes, sir. So That's hype, man. Anybody out there, don't be afraid to get in contact with P's and Q's podcast, man. Go Birds. Yes, sir. P's and Q's podcast on Twitter. Hit us up. Go Birds. <laughs>